Hi, I'm Orlando Bloom, and you're listening to Two Star Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 66 of the Two Star Podcast. My name is Adam, and this week I am joined by Dan. Hello. And Christopher. Hooray, Unky Adam's back. But not Graham, uh, because he has been deported uh, back to Germany. Well, I can only assume that he's in fact dead, because he is um, mysteriously editing the um, Google document, as if by magic. Uh, I think they have the internet in Germany. It's not Dorset. Oh, well, no. Seems unlike them. Now, I went back and listened to last week's, well, let's be charitable, car crash. Yeah. And I have been in contact with the Podcasting Council of Great Britain, mm-hmm. um, and I am afraid, Dan, that they have put three penalty points on your licence and suspended you from driving for a month. Well, fuck them. Uh, well, you can say that, but uh, they are in charge of podcasting in this country, and as such, uh, you are bound by their rules. So does that mean I'm not allowed to podcast now? Uh, you can podcast, but you are not allowed to drive. Okay. And obviously uh, you have the three penalty points on your licence, which will remain there uh, for up to five years. Uh, And should you hit the 12-point limit, you will be banned from podcasting. Um, So it's just something to bear in mind. Can I just take one of those like half-day courses in not being terrible at podcasting? Um, I'm not sure. I will have a word with them and see. Um, It's a possibility. I'm not sure if they are are doing them at the moment. Uh, But you may be able to mitigate some of the damage, although they're unlikely to remove the one-month suspension. Really? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, they may they may uh, revoke the points, but the suspension, unfortunately, is uh, is a given. That is disappointing. It is. So, uh, with Graham not here, mm-hmm. he has left us one note. Two notes. Well, yes, but I'm not going to read that one because uh, he can go fuck himself. Um, but the other one is, of course, uh, that we have reached the one-year anniversary of discovering the news about David Cameron and the pig. Yes, um, happier, happier times. Yeah, I mean, you know, it kind of. In some ways, it's a um, it's a hammiversary, isn't it? That's in many ways, Chris. Yes, it is. Um, it, it very much makes you kind of wish that we were back there with David Cameron in charge and not the state that we've got right now. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty bad when you're hoping for a Trump win, so we're the you know second most fucked country in the world. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I, I suspect the impact on us would be quite substantial, uh, oh. probably when he decides to invade us because he's got these countries mixed up. Well, we do have oil. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, we don't want a Trump victory. No. That is the official two-star podcast position. Good. So, yeah, David Cameron and a pig. Um, now, I mean, somebody was discussing this on the radio the other day about what David Cameron's legacy is going to be. And, you know, a lot of people have said it'll be Brexit. Um, he'd obviously like to, it to be like marriage equality or living wage or any of the things that he did. Um, but the reality is it's likely to be uh, the pig. Yeah. Uh, leaving his kid in the pub. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people do, you see. Um, yeah. You know... Brexit, probably, whether he likes it or not. Yeah. You know, these are the things that people remember about you. Resigning twice when he explicitly said he wouldn't resign. That was also pretty funny. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's just what politicians do. Yeah. Also, he's, he's apparently writing his memoirs now. And he's doing it on mini-disc. Just what? in case he wanted... Hey, hey, hang on, how? How do you... I mean, I presume you mean he's dictating them or something. I, yeah, I presume... He, I think he's... 
I don't think he's even stooping to that level. I think he's kind of rambling onto a mini disc and then sending it to a political journalist who will actually do the writing for him and turn his incoherent mumblings into an actual piece of a book. I mean, I guess at this point, it's kind of retro enough technology to kind of fit in with that somebody who's not quite with the times and doesn't really get it. Yeah, no, I just thought it was a very entertaining metaphor for his his premiership. You know, it... I mean, I did have some mini discs until a couple of weeks ago, and I or about a month ago, I, I tied it all up and threw it out. But I didn't actually have any way of reading or writing to them. But no, well, I, I think there's maybe a few reasons this might be. So the first is he could possibly be a hipster. And he's really into old technology. Oh, that's possible, yeah. Um, the second is that perhaps he's looking to economise, now he's unemployed, and rather than buy something expensive to record himself, he's just found something in the loft. You realise he's about to take a bunch of dictatorships at some Tony Blair-style random dodgy companies that you've never heard of but who quite like having a prime minister. I presume you meant directorships, but I, I appreciate the Freudian slip. What does I say? <laughs> Uh, dictatorships. <laughs> yes, I probably did mean directorships. Um, yes. Yeah, well, he never struck me as the dictator type on the basis it would probably be a lot of work, and that doesn't seem like his bag. Yeah, well, uh, Karen's legacy aside, yeah. um, there has been good news has in that following our successful winning of the Olympics, if you don't count China and we don't, nope. um, we have now won the Paralympics, if you don't count China and we don't. Well, you see... The China thing puzzles me, because I I look at China, and I don't immediately think, you know, paragon of disabled rights. Um, no, but I do think really low safety standards. That's what I was getting at. Are they, you know, how many of these poor Chinese buggers are there because of random Chinese factory accidents? Well, the interesting thing, though, Defamation is... from Chinese pollution. Fairly decent health care, because you look at America, who you would expect based on their Olympic success, mm. to be really successful in the Paralympics, actually didn't do that great. Mm. And I think the reason is that if you uh, become disabled in America, there's a very good chance you'll just die because you can't afford any medical treatment. Yeah. So, yeah. In, but, but, I mean, you know, it's good to see that we've won both both sets of Olympics. Um, and we, we got 64 gold medals, uh, the most since 1988. Excellent. Which is not bad going. How many Paralympics have there even been? That's a really good question, actually. When did I think it started much before 1988, because back then no one cared about, you know, the disabled, really. Not particularly do now, but... No. Um, I actually don't know... Why is, why is the first result for Paralympics not a Wikipedia article? This is bullshit. 1960. Okay, that's longer than I thought. Um, seems to be the uh, the start... So there were some forerunners, um, people with uh, disabilities competing in the Olympic Games, um, but it looks like the modern Paralympics started in 1960. Mm. I think that uh, Ukraine coming third was quite an impressive standout thing on the yeah, medal table. I'm curious as to how much that has to do with the kind of recent conflict. Well, but on the opposite, even I wouldn't think that, assuming that half of their Paralympic, what do they call them, Paralympics? Paralympians. Um, Paralympians, that's the word. Um, were people who got arms and legs blown off in the war. That's only like a year or so to suddenly become really good. Well, this war. is true, actually. That's a good point. So, it feels like a lot longer ago, but you're right. It's not yeah. been that long. I mean, yeah, because Ukraine was happening around Hammeron time, wasn't it? Yeah. Or as I prefer, Bay of Pigs. Yes. Um, My favourite hashtag ever. 
The the thing I I found about the Olympics is there's nothing like making you feel completely inadequate uh, as watching someone with a disability be far superior at you in pretty much every way. Yeah, it is a little depressing, isn't it? Uh, the the one that really stood out was uh, when we went to Leeds. We had a go at playing table tennis. Yes. And we were very bad at table tennis. Not only were we very bad, but we after about 15 minutes, we were pretty knackered. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a table tennis player uh, who doesn't have arms, and he holds the bat in his mouth. Oh, my God. To serve, he balances the ball on his foot and then flicks it in the air like that. And he is amazing. And you just sort of think, oh, I'm just rubbish, aren't I? I mean, to be fair, in our defence, we haven't really spent a lot of time practising table tennis. Yeah, but I'm quite certain, even if I spent the next ten years practising table tennis, and obviously lost both my arms in a horrific accident, um, I still wouldn't be able to flick the ball up with let alone hit it with an object in my mouth. That's very fair, and I do not in any way wish to suggest that we are Olympic-level athletes, no. or Paralympic-level athletes, but I was merely saying that that was the first time I played table tennis in about five years. So the fact that I was a bit shit at it. Um, uh, I think more than a bit shit. <laughs> okay, very shit at it. Doesn't depress me that much. But however, watching a man with no arms play table tennis exceptionally well does kind of make you reevaluate your life choices. Mm. So Paralympics out of the way. Um, we have been remarkably successful and let's hope it continues next year and we don't fail miserably. Uh, although obviously there's a good chance next year that we will have to deal with Russia yes. um, in both events, uh, both competitions, because they might be unbanned. I say next year, next time. Yeah. Um, but as you may be aware, last week I was dead, or in Guildford, uh, depending on yeah, which way you want to look at it. On. Now, the original plan as part of my visit to Guildford was to go to Legoland. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, in the end, we didn't because it was far too hot and it would have been like all the Lego would have melted. It would have been rubbish. Yeah. But I have discovered today that it's just as well we didn't go because apparently it's now full of sex offenders. What? Yeah. Um, uh, police are searching for a man in connection with sexual assaults at Legoland after a uh, following up some new leads after a, a television appeal. So uh, I'm quite glad I didn't go because I thought it was all like, you know, model villages and like massive statues and things made out of Lego but no apparently it's just inappropriate touching now hmm that's you don't really want no I've never been to Legoland I've driven past it a lot but I've never sort of you know I, I love I, I have been to both Legoland Windsor and the real Legoland where is the, where is the real Legoland it's in Denmark oh of course oh okay what where they did invent Lego sorry was it relentlessly cheerful uh not really okay it was all right. It was bloody expensive. I can imagine. Um, and I was like 12 at the time, so I don't remember it particularly well. Uh, Which was better? The the original. Right. Um, I had a pizza that was so big that it wouldn't fit on the table, and we had to have a stand that kind of went outwards to put the pizza on. That just smacks of poor design. You know, for, for a company that's very good at building cool things. Well, it wasn't a Lego pizza. Well, you bought in the pizza from outside. No, I didn't bring... No, no, it wasn't a Lego pizza. Well, no. Like, it was not a pizza made of Lego. But the table was built by That's... Lego people. They have an oven. They have, you know, the size of their pizzas. And at some point, someone should have been able to sort of 
Measure the size. I think of it. it was done intentionally. Well, oh, it's just a bit lame. Well, I, I mean, you'll have to take it up with the management of, of Legoland Denmark. I will. Uh, apparently, it's nothing to do with me. I just bought a bloody pizza. Yeah. Apparently, their customer service is very good. There's a, a thing going around on Twitter about a, a lovely letter that. Um, oh, I saw that. They, they are. I mean, to be fair, historically they've been very good. Like if you mm. if you buy a, a secondhand Lego set off eBay and it's missing a couple of pieces, um, if you write to them, they will just typically send you the bits because. Yeah, I mean. Good PR and it costs them a few quid, and yeah. why wouldn't they? So yes, I do like Lego, but I'm hoping that they change the direction of the Legoland Windsor Park and go back to uh, Lego models of stuff and not sex offenders. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone wants like sex offender land or anything apart from you know HMP Belmarsh or what have you. But um... Chris, uh, you have been doing some uh, meteorological investigation, I believe. Well, yeah, you covered this last year. The new. Uh, system of naming yeah. storms. Yeah, the one that we stole from America for some reason because we really needed to do that. Yeah, the the new list is out, and it's a big disappointment again. I thought there were some like Polish names on there or something. Uh, Camille is on there. When when does it start? Because it doesn't. I think it, it starts in October or November. Right. Okay. So that's the new storm season. So if we start. I mean, a are there any that stand out to you as particularly appropriate or inappropriate for storms? Well, none of them are puns, and I think that's what you want. Yeah, it's really difficult to, to do, though, like year on year. I yeah, mean, but the first few. So, Gail and Abigail yeah. clearly should be in there, and they're that's not. Yeah. Well, um, a storm gale would be quite confusing. Is it a gale? Is it a storm? What's the difference between the gale and the storm? I just don't know. Storm Angus could actually be quite threatening because it sort of puts you in the vague impression of a an anthropomorphic Scottish storm that's sort of coming down from the north and is coming to... Yeah. It's interesting that they skip QUXYZ. That just seems lazy. Mm. Particularly if called Quentin or something. Although, again, Storm Quentin would be... Well, yeah, but Storm Fleur... That's also rubbish. Yeah, I think Angus could be a, a good yeah, it's one. It's got a bit of retro cool about it. Maybe. Um, Is there Storm Ethel, perhaps? Uh, no, it's... Uh, Ewan. Ewan. Do you get, like, one per letter, then? Yeah. Oh, my God, they've got... O- O'Sheen? Yeah. They, they, they let the Irish do a few. I wasn't going to say that, because it seemed faintly racist, but... Yeah, if I saw that, I wouldn't know how to pronounce it. Well, if, it's like um, Roisin. I know that sounds really stupid. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, no, with you, with you, yeah. That's not pronounced like Roisin. Yeah, but it doesn't have a little accent on you. You thought the Met Office, of all people, could get the... Um... Well, yeah. seemingly not. So the real question, of course, is will we get to the critical point where we run out of storms? Storm Penelope actually sounds quite cool. Because obviously in America, like they name their storms when they're like proper storms that are going to like fuck up vast swathes of the country. True. Whereas we name our storms when it gets a bit windy outside. Yeah. Which obviously we don't get as many serious storms, but it does run the risk of running out of, of names before we get to the end of the uh, the year. Well, do you think we had more storms last year than we did previously? Well, I don't know. There was sort of a perception that the weather was worse, and I think it's because we named individual storms. I think you're right. It, it draws more attention to them as opposed to just, it's a bit shit outside. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, it's Stephen. Yeah, you say, well, it, it's been it's been shit outside for three weeks now. You wouldn't say, well, there have been 21 consecutive storms all rolling well, in. for the Met Office. Yeah. 
Okay, well, we'll have to we'll have to monitor this as we go through the year um, and just make sure that we're not running short. Um, and if we if we suspect that we might run out of names for the end of the year, we can always send some uh, suggestions to the Met Office um, of sort of you know extra names just to tack on the end. Well, Xavier is an obvious one. Well, no, they don't seem to be doing those letters. Well, that's what I mean. So you could have Xavier, Yvonne, and um, I don't actually know a name that starts with Z. Zebedee. Yeah, that'd be quite, Xavier. That'd be quite fun. Okay, you can it. also spell Xavier with the Z. You could just have the same name twice. That'd mm. be fun. Zara. Yeah, yeah Zara perfect. works. Storm Zara. Excellent. So, Dan, do you have anything of worth well, to bring to this podcast? Not really, but um, I have some slightly terrifying news. So, um, I'm sure you all know that uh, self-driving cars are going to be a thing. Well, they're already a thing. Going to be a thing very soon. You can hail a self-driving Uber in Philadelphia. You can. Um... I don't know why you would, but you can. <laughs> why not? Um, so, they need more testing, apparently. Lots and lots of testing. And some bright spark has come up with the wonderful idea that, well, roads are expensive and have people on them and are quite dangerous. Why don't we get them used to the worst of human driving by shoving them into GTA 5? I mean, I can think of a number of reasons, but I'm going to guess that they were all dismissed when coming up with this plan. I, I've got a question. Are, are they playing GTA 5 in the like story mode? Or are they playing it online, where there's other people doing stuff around them? You know, it didn't specify. I'm not quite sure the people writing the story really knew. Because um, if they're doing it in, in story mode, so it's just taken on the first player role, then it's probably quite a good simulation of driving around, isn't it? So you're saying that GTA V without people is a better simulation of people than GTA V with people? Well, yes, because because people in the real world typically don't try and do flips in their car just for kicks and then like get out and go and steal someone else's car and try it again. It would be hilarious, though, if like self-driving cars basically had all these massive anti-carjacking moves. So whenever you try to get into the damn thing, it would just like back up, <laughs> spin round, try and hit you, donut a bit, and then drive off. It would certainly make it more interesting getting to work. Yes. First you have to catch your car, jump onto the roof, prise open the door. Now, yeah, I'm not sure I want a car that is making judgments about whether or not it wants to drive me somewhere. Well, in fairness, as we've seen from all the various ways that Skynet is gradually self-forming, it's probably an inevitability at some point. Yeah, like, if I struggle enough getting to work in the morning without having to fight with my car to do it. At least it'd get people out more, you know, getting used to jogging and cycling. And, well, probably not cycling, actually, if the car's come to life and wants to take revenge. But yeah, but I'm not walking 20 miles across Birmingham of a morning to get to work because my car decides it doesn't want to drive today. Yeah, well, I can see that being unfortunate. I don't think they're going to have personalities like that. I just assumed that, like, the inevitable end point was, like, Knight Rider. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they will have personalities, because I think personality is just an emergent thing that comes out of suitably complex planning. And, you know, driving is complicated. You're going to need quite a smart thing to do it. And inevitably, as cars learn how to drive themselves, they will start to develop their own, like, quirks. So, you know, BMWs just won't use their indicators um, and will drive really fast, whereas you know, a random Peugeot will probably actually also drive really fast in French. But, yeah. Can one drive French? I think so. Yes. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure this is a bad idea. Um, I mean, I'm not an expert in self-driving cars, uh, not having created or bought any. 
Um, I like the idea, mm. but I like the idea once everybody has a self-driving car. Yeah. Because otherwise you don't get that much of a benefit. I mean, obviously you don't have to drive, but you basically have to sit there waiting with your hands on the wheel just in case it all goes to shit. Whereas if everybody has a self-driving car, like it sorts out traffic problems, you know, sorts out your fuel economy. Yeah. Um, you can still be half asleep going to work in the morning. You can be drunk coming home from work in the evening. Yeah. You know, it's it's all great. I suspect it'll like start on the motorways or something. You know, they'll make some motorways self-driving only. Because the, the yeah, because that'll be the real problem is when it's like fifty-fifty, mm. and you'll have all these dickheads who are just like trying to weave in and out of all the self-driving cars and yeah. generally being assholes. Once again, that's probably why teaching it in Grand Theft Auto is a good idea. Yeah, so self-driving cars can ram the dickheads off the road, and then by Fisher's Darwinian evolution, uh, we can become much better drivers. I like your thinking. Mm. Um, I'm not sure it would work. I think it would work. It's just it probably won't be allowed to work. Okay. So, Chris, uh, I I believe from from listening to last week's podcast that you are continuing to uh, work on your little hate crime project. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going quite well. I felt I should uh, forewarn the victim that I was going to do a hate crime on him just so he could prepare himself. Yeah, um, I've negotiated with him, like, did he want me to use his profile picture on the effigy I make, or did he want to send me a different image? And he was happy for me to use the um, profile picture, so that's fine. Uh, so he knows it's coming, he knows roughly no, what but to it's, expect. See, it's, it's a good idea to let them know, because then there's that that horrifying anticipation of not of knowing something's coming but not knowing when or what it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that would that would be really where the mm. where the hate crime would really impact most. Exactly. It's it's like a good horror film like you don't actually want to see the monster, you just want the the potential. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's that's where I am now. I've got a slight problem is I've um I've discovered that he likes trains. So, uh, perhaps I don't want problem? to do a hate crime on it. Well, because Chris likes trains as well. Well, so? We all like trains. Why Why does that mean you can't hate crime him? Well, I, I hate him slightly less now. Well, I mean, the thing is, inevitably, like, whatever... But he probably likes... Like, you, whoever you pick to, to commit a hate crime against, there's a reasonable chance that you will have some thing in common. I mean, you probably, both probably like bacon, for instance. Possibly, yeah. You know, and so as a consequence, you know, you have to just accept there may be some points of commonality between you, but you can't let it get in the way of a good hate crime. I mean, it really, it does to be sure, you need to start hating that part of yourself. I don't know if I can do it. I mean, there wouldn't be much left. Why not? Yeah, once you take out trains and bacon, what else has Chris got? Yeah. Uh, hasn't he got a wife or something? You've got a job now as well. Well, you? yeah, not, not I mean, yet. I'm, I'm, I'm making a dangerous assumption you do still have the job. <laughs> I haven't. Well, I mean, I, I've yet, I've yet to start the job. So, when do you start the job? I don't know. Have they not told you? <laughs> no. <laughs> You've got a job, but we're not that fussed about you starting anytime soon. Yeah, bureaucracy. I see. Okay, so what, what's your, uh, what are your plans for the hate crime? Do you have a, a timeline, a uh, project plan? Well, what I'm gonna, I think now I need to cut off all contact in case I discover other things we have in common. Okay. So I mean, you, you point idea. out that. Yeah, the more I know about him, the the less the less I'll want to do the hate crime. 
Mm. Unless he does things that I dislike. So, Well, I mean, this is the danger. Um, it could swing either way. So it's very much calculated risk that you'll have to decide whether or not you want to take. Perhaps. Um, I mean, he's been quite cooperative so far. So perhaps I could uh, get in contact with him and say, uh, I'm wavering on, on the hate crime. I need to know other things you do that you think I will find abhorrent. Mm. Typically, you see uh, your average hate crime victim would probably not want to go too far in assisting you. Um, no, I mean, the fact he's... Like, yeah, it does sound like you're, you're getting quite a lot of, uh, of help here, so... The fact he's been so good about it that he's, he's assisting me, I mean, that, that does make me hate him less. Uh, well, no, maybe that's problem. just him trying to lord his superiority over you. He's being condescending, and you should hate him more. Oh, uh, well, maybe. It's, it's mm. getting complicated, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, nobody said that that you know online hatred was going to be easy, Chris. Um, you can't expect to just you know walk up to somebody on Twitter and start abusing them, and you know it just be like that. You've you've, you've got to expect to put in the hard graft, do the research, accept that you're just going to have to find some things about the person that you might like, um, but nonetheless, you've got to push forward and and do the job it's good practice when you start your 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 work like you're just sometimes going to be given jobs that you you don't really want to do it's a bit of a hassle but nonetheless that's what you're paid for yeah all right i will um i will continue with my campaign of terror excellent um so are you are you planning to wrap things up anytime soon do you have a a rough idea of how long this is going to go on for have you got a, a plan for sort of the arc of the the story well I mean, this is the plot twist, isn't it? That there are some there are some things that I like about him. Mm. So that could be part of the story arc that I I waver. Then maybe yeah, sort of I, crisis of conscience. Yeah, you need to seek uh, counsel from someone, uh, not us, because obviously we're no good. But like uh, maybe like a priest um, or like a mentor. If you've got a mentor, that would probably work. Well, given that it's about um, cold brew, probably a, a barista. Yeah, I need to work. go to Costa Coffee and to talk, talk to the head barista. Yeah, yeah, um, and and have him just reassure you that your your hatred of cold brew coffee is totally valid, and you shouldn't let anything get in your way. Yeah, yeah, good plan. Okay, well, I mean, in terms of the practical arrangements, it's it's quite a big job to build a wicker man and a life size effigy. So, I mean, you still got time on your hands if you haven't got your job yet. So, yeah. Um, I might I might scale the yeah. project back a little bit, so just go scale models. Yeah, that's probably sensible. I mean, it turns out scale model isn't enough. You can always go bigger. So um, yeah. yeah, excellent. Okay, well I'm I'm glad that we're we're keeping track of this. Yeah, um, it sounds like a good project. We obviously need to be careful. You don't want to give too much away because if uh, if they listen to the podcast at any point, um, like it might preemptively warn them of uh, of what's coming. Well, I mean that might add to the that might add to the terror. Well, yeah, but you've just got to be careful. You don't give away too much because then that that removes the terror. Once you know what's coming, and what's happening, what your plans are, what your thoughts behind it are, it kind of takes some of the malice out of it, um, you know, and, and it might just remove that impact. Hmm. Okay. So excellent. I think that's important to know. Um, I, I just thought uh, while we're talking about this, uh, you might want to hurry up because apparently. Um, 
China have lost control of one of their space stations, uh, or possibly their only space station, um, Tiangong-1, uh, which suggests it might be their only space station. I... Uh, and uh, it will uh, fall to Earth uh, sometime late next year. Uh, possibly killing everybody? It's unclear. Um, when you say everybody, everybody on board the space station or everybody in the world? Well, I mean, who knows? Like, for all I know, it it has, like, nuclear warheads or something and it will explode. So, uh, let's see. They're not sure when it's going to re-enter the atmosphere, uh, which means it won't be a controlled re-entry. So, uh, there's a good chance that debris could, like, strike the ground. I mean, obviously, there's a very small chance of it hitting anybody just because, statistically, most of the planet is not populated. Um, But there is still a good chance it could fall on us. And that's when we discover that, as I said, they've been doing some kind of top-secret research and, like, all the bits just detonate on impact. What's, what's, how do you spell it? Uh, T-I-A-N-G-O-N-G. Yeah, according to popularmechanics.com, whoever they are, it's probably not going to hurt anyone. Oh, it's Popular Mechanics, the magazine, and now, presumably, websites. Um, Yeah, like I said, statistically, it's unlikely it'll hurt anybody because most of the planet isn't people. I'd got an I'd got an idea that they'd got a space station. Well, you see, that's that's all part of the conspiracy. Like, they they obviously snuck it up there when no one was looking. Yeah. Um, or possibly I just wasn't reading the news, and now they've lost control of it. And I mean, let's be honest: losing control of a space station that suggests to me that some serious shit has gone down on that space station. Um, yeah. Like, possibly all the crew are dead. Uh, whatever they they found out there uh, killed them all. Um, and it's now going to find its way to the planet as the ship re-enters the atmosphere. Yeah, it could be some like... Uh, I mean, I'm not stupid, I've watched films. Or... The whole thing is frankly terrifying. Yep. But they just say that, oh, they've they've finished using it, they're just going to... It's just going to burn up in the atmosphere. So what's the problem? Well, that, yeah, exactly. That's what you would say if uh, some alien life form had got on board your space station and killed all the crew. Mm-hmm. And it was now, like, hurtling towards the Earth in an uncontrolled descent. Yeah, you hope some brave Chinese Sinonaut, or whatever they're called, um, has, like, programmed it to crash at the right angle to kill the alien. But maybe he hasn't. Maybe he didn't get the chance. Yeah, so all I'm saying is, um, make sure you've wrapped up your hate crime by the end of next year, because that might be it for us. Yeah. Uh, okay. Obviously, by that point, there's about a 50-50 chance that President Trump will have destroyed the Earth anyway, so, you know... Better hurry it up even more. Okay, well, I'll... Um... No pressure. Right, okay. Some pressure. Yes, a, a little, little bit of pressure, pressure, but not a lot of pressure. No. So I, I was thinking about this, and I've decided that we should uh, very much subscribe to the uh, less is more uh, theory of podcasting, and right. keep the audience hungry, um, and not let these things drag on too long, because... Good God, it was painful listening to the car <laughs> this morning. Um, so... Unless anybody has any other business? No. Nope. Anyone? Chris? Uh, no, no, not really. I've Now I've got a lot of hate criming to do. I yeah, need excellent. to get on with it. So um, I believe that Graham is back from Germany next week. Um, he's planning to smuggle himself in, uh, in the back of a lorry. Yeah. So uh, we should be back to full strength. But if I'm wrong, then we won't be. Cool. So that's good to know. Yeah, and I've got I've got something special planned for next time. So ah, fantastic! That's something um, to look forward to. Excellent. We can do a little trailer uh, for next week's episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. Next time on Two Star Podcast. Indeed.
Brilliant. Okay, well, thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, your time has been appreciated. That was much. Uh, do, do you want to time. know? Do you want to know details of what's happening? No, I like to keep a surprise. Just something is happening. Yeah, it's not a really a trailer, is it? Well, no, we do the trailer and, and, and like that gets released, like I don't know, over the weekend, build up hype. Okay. Um, well, how are you going to do the trailer unless you know what's happening? Well, I'll just keep it vague. Like you just do it like everything, Leo. Just don't get specific. Just kind of something's going to happen. You know, in a world where the Two Star Podcast is recorded twice, once a week, even mm. things are happening, and they will terrify and delight you. Uh, tune in next week when Christopher from Dorset will unveil unveil his latest creation uh, in a move that critics are already calling a podcast. Okay, you know, it's, it's easy enough to do. You don't actually have to have any information for these things. So I, I would like to thank you both for joining me. Um, and we'll be back next week, uh, possibly with Graham. Yeah. Cool. Uh, thank you for listening, and goodbye. Bye. Bye. I want to know more. I want to know more about this um, wine and music for cats. Do you? Who put that there? Yeah. Pop-ups. Uh, me. Well, this looks like the very best thing that, that we've got written down. Well, it's really not. It's quite dull. Um, it, it just speaks of the unspeakable loneliness of the British people in that um, so because everyone now lives on their own with a cat um, people have created cat wine so that uh, when you want a night in and you want to drink uh, you can have a glass of wine with your cat and they've also created can I clarify here Yeah. when you say cat wine wine that can be drunk safely by cats Right, so it's not alcoholic. It doesn't get the cats pissed. I don't know. Um, I guess it's got catnip in or something. Okay, because I was going to say, if it, if it doesn't like give the cats a buzz, then it's not really like cat wine. It's just like a drink for cats. Mm, yeah, but no, I'm, I'm fairly sure it's nip-based or something. Like, I mean, no one, wants to be, no one wants to be drunk around their sober cat. That's just sad. Well, I mean, I've done that before, but... That's just because the cat happened to be around. I wasn't drinking with my cat. I was just drinking. Okay, so, so uh, sorry, do please continue and uh, tell us about the other terrible cat-related things that are going on. So, yes, an orchestra has uh, done specific research into what cats find musically soothing, um, which is apparently the things they would have heard in the womb, so, like, purring and stuff. And, and they've created music based on it that they say soothes a great many cats. And so you can now have a proper... Wine and music, night in with your cat. So the music specifically designed to soothe the cats. Well, it's designed to be musically pleasing for the cat. Okay. Have you got a sample that we could listen to? No, I don't. The website didn't have one. It was very upsetting. Okay. Well, it can't be that hard to find cat music. Well, you'd think because uh, we could we eight, could listen to it. Hours. We could eight review. hours of relaxing music for cats and kittens on YouTube. Okay. I'd like to. I'd like to listen to that. We could use it as some of our like bumpers and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced no, I'm, uh, by I'm any not. of this, to be honest. It just sounds like human music, which now Graham, Graham, if he was editing, he would um, put some of this music in now, and then we could do a review of it. Well, I'm not Graham, and I just I'm appalled that you would think that I would do that. So you don't mm. want me to do my two mind, my two depends. endings about whether I liked it or not. It just depends whether or not I can be asked when it comes to editing it and how much of a mess it is. Right. But I don't think it would be that difficult, so I might do.
Well, I don't I don't know what I think yet. I've learnt from Craig David, don't judge a counting song until you've heard well, it. If, if you want to give two opinions, I can always edit in whichever one you subsequently decide you would like to have. Yeah, I'd like to... Um, I think I probably will be bemused mostly by this. Yeah. Okay. That so fun. that's my thoughts now. But if you tune in next week, you can find out what I actually thought. Ah, I like that. That's yeah. it. Get the audience, get the audience wanting to come that's back. That's a hook. Uh, yeah. They'll be thinking Make all sure week. For the resolution of, of this cliffhanger. What did, what did Christopher from Dorset think of the cat music? Does, does he speak for the whole people of Dorset? Um, yeah, you gotta tune in and find out.